Hey folks, welcome back. Let me ask you something. Have you, you've probably heard of flipping. You've probably heard of hard money, but have you heard of hard money flipping? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today with our special guest zooming in all the way from the heights of Hamilton Mountain, Ontario. We've got Mr. Eric Doyle. Eric, welcome. Nice to see you. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's nice to be here. It feels like I'm on the clouds. There's so much elevation. <laughs> we're being a little sarcastic because before we pressed record, we were talking about the fact that uh, Ontario doesn't have huge, huge mountains. I live in British Columbia. We got some pretty big, big ones out here, but it's, I, I, I like the name of your town. So anyhow, Eric, let's talk about real estate. Let's talk about Eric Doyle. Let's talk about how did you get started? What, when and why and how were you sparked? Perfect. So I started around five years ago. Um, I'm sure like a, a vast majority or a big number of investors, I started by reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, yep. liking all of the concepts, thinking that real estate investing was a way to create more financial freedom, uh, you know, escape your job, escape the the rat race, as they call it. Yeah. And that was just a pathway to basically get out of my uh, nine to five job. I was just managing parking lots at the time. So uh, managing parking lots, managing parking lots. So, okay. Well, that's kind of real estate. If you're the owner of the parking lot, that's for sure. I was not. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the issue. Parking lots are very good if you own yeah. them, but, uh, yeah. currently I did not. So, okay. um, I actually got into investing by going to see Stefan Arneo in Winnipeg. He had a free class and I read his book, got a free ticket. And that's where I met, uh, Dylan Suter, who some of your listeners might know. Um, well, I, think, I think I think some of our listeners might know uh, Stefan Ardio as well. That's for Stephen sure. Yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. RIP. Yeah. But so that's where I got into real estate investing. Um, as a start, that was probably four years ago. I uh, started with a rent tone just because I like that strategy uh, through Rockstar. I read their, their book as well. Yeah. And then now uh, I was doing both a real estate agent uh, just working with investors since I kind of understood that world and just helping them out. Yeah. And then I also did this hard money flipping on the side, which we'll we'll get to exploring later. All right. Well, very good. So you started off by reading the purple book that got you yeah. inspired. You went and got some training and coaching initially around flipping, but your first deal was a rent to own. Um, and then you got into flipping and, and hard money flipping. So uh, what what has your journey looked like as far as like number of deals over the last four or five years? Have they been all flips? Have you kept doing some of the rent owns? Are you doing any buy and holds? And whereabouts are you doing most of your deals? So the vast majority of my deals are, I would say, west of the GTA uh, in Toronto and Ontario. Okay. Uh, mostly in the Hamilton and Niagara regions for your for your listeners that kind of know that area. Mm -hmm. um, I initially started only with one rent own and I still have it or actually, no, I just sold it like this month. So I've had that for five years now. Uh -huh. um, that was a successful rent own. We went through the whole program. So that was very happy to get Excellent. a family, get a family into it. And then I just went straight into hard money flipping after that. There was no, no buy and holds, no duplexes, no triplexes, just skip directly to flipping business. Well, you know what? Hey, focus, 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 man. Because once you, once you figure out something, Sometimes it just makes sense to dial that right in. So at what point did you decide to become a realtor as well? 
So that was actually at the same time as I met uh, Dylan in Stefan Arnio's class in Winnipeg because he, okay. he's a realtor and investor himself. Yeah. So I just realistically followed directly in his path. Yeah. So basically, what what's the thought process behind that? The, the idea is, hey, I want to be immersed in real estate as much as possible. So become a yeah. realtor, be able to you know, help people buy and sell homes or work with, with investors and then yeah, find exactly. good deals for myself as well. Is, is that kind of how it went? Yeah, that was, that was basically the, the initial idea. I just wanted to be literally as much as possible, do real yeah. estate 24 yeah. seven, whether that's in my own deals, but I was a, a little um, cut on capital so I could only take so many deals at the same time. And then the rest of my time was all spent working with other investors, helping them do the, the buy and hold strategies for the, for the vast majority of time. But the ideal was to just live it, breathe it, be in it all the time. That's the fastest way I can possibly learn. And yeah. that's the easiest way to find off-market deals, network with other people, uh, pocket listings that I could either take myself or pass on to my clients. So that was the idea behind that. Very good. And how's it? So it's been about four years since you started doing that. Four years. Has it yeah. kind of come together fairly well? Is, is that yep. strategy working well for you, Eric? It is, yes. It was yeah, uh, right. a, a bumpy road at the start, uh, but once you get like once you get the machine going, then the, the machine runs, right? So, well, hey, I'm just thinking. I could be wrong, but I'm thinking managing parking lots. You don't have to be a super amazing networker, self promoter, mm. anything like that. Switching gears into becoming not just a real estate investor, but a realtor. On top of that, a real estate investor focused realtor. Yeah, that's a whole different kettle of fish skill set the whole bit so yeah of course there's going to be a bit of a learning curve there and 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 taking a little while to, to get up to speed but sounds like that's worked out well so maybe walk us through the whole idea of of hard money flipping what does that look like what does that even mean okay perfect so we'll start with the the initial concept of flipping so you're just buying a house that obviously needs a bunch of renovations. You're fixing a house up and then you're selling that to an end buyer, which is usually a, a family and providing them a nice home. So you can either do that in all of your cash. You yeah. can do that with a JV and you split it 50-50, or you can do the hard money route, which is I borrow 100% of the down payment, mortgage and construction costs and carry costs. So I have $0 in the deal. Mm -hmm. And then you do the exact same. You take that unperforming property, you fix it up and you sell it to an end buyer. And then you just pay out your, your hard money lenders, whichever uh, percentage point you, you negotiated. Okay. Very good. So it's, yeah, you're working with hard money lenders. So that probably sounds very appealing to a lot of people that have traditionally got into these kind of deals with having to come up with a whole bunch of money for down payments yeah. and maybe even renovation costs and all that kind of stuff. What kind of smoking deal do you have to get on a property for a hard money lender to be willing to loan you a hundred percent of everything? Yeah. So that's the, that's the downside. So if you just took a very lean property and you were paying all cash, you're not really having any carry costs or interest in that time. Yeah. So you would have to build a between 10 to 17% buffer in there. And then obviously you would have to get the purchase price lower on there. So you would have to find either a property that's off market, you would have to find a pocket listing, or you could have a top end dollar amount where you can get into a, a bidding order that we had a bunch last year. Yeah. And you cannot go over that amount. Otherwise, everything's just going to fall apart. 
Okay. That didn't answer my question though, Eric. I'm still confused, right? So, I mean, um, let's say, let's say, well, what's, what's the, give me, give me some numbers. Like what, what would be like in the kind of properties you're looking at after repaired value? What are we looking at for a sales price? Give or take just round numbers. Okay, sure. So say we bought a property for 500,000 and it needed 100,000 in rentals. Um, if that property on the end point sold for 600, you'd be able to do that in cash because you have a good enough spread. If we but, but, but you wouldn't be able to do that. You would not be able to do that hard money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if yeah. we took that same property, you bought it for 500, it needed 100K in rentals. So now we're at six. And then we would have a 17% carry cost on top of that. We would have a bunch of lender fees on top of that. So you would need a, I want to say like a 35% bigger spread than you need if you're just paying cash for the property. So just paying cash for the property, you need about a 17% spread. Doing it the way you're doing, you need an additional 35% spread. So you're looking at needing to get the property at about 50 cents on the ARV, but that yes. about right. Yeah, yeah, somewhere between forty to sixty cents on the ARV would be the would be the prime offer. Yeah. So again, for everybody, ARV is after repaired value. So big, broad stroke numbers. If you think you can sell it for six hundred thousand bucks, you can't pay any more than three hundred thousand dollars, and ideally even less than that to buy the place in the first place. All right. So Eric. Um, yeah, I would imagine that was a little bit more challenging or a lot more challenging last year with the craziness that was going on with real estate markets. What did you do under those circumstances? How did how did you make the model work? Or did you just so, take a little hibernation for a while? It is, a, I would say it's a lot of missed offers. Uh, we yeah. needed to work more at a volume scale than just, uh, I really like this house. Yeah. So if you needed to figure it's more of a business, then you are just using your $500,000 in cash to purchase a house that you really like and, and fix it up. So we needed those houses at scale. We need those offers out at scale. And then one of them out of, it might be 50, it might be a hundred, you'll get it. Yeah. But once you get that one, you're now doing this for free because you don't provide any of the capital whatsoever. Uh, all you have to do is manage the project. You pay back your investors their percentage costs. And then you're you, your hard money lender in this case. Yes, yeah, your hard money lender. Sorry. Yep. And then you just take whatever the spread is at the end. And theoretically, you made profit with none of your own money at all. Yeah, which sounds very, very appealing. But again, it, it it's probably a little bit more challenging than it sounds. What what are some of the hiccups that you have to go through? Or what was what was your learning curve getting into this, Eric? So there's a bunch of hiccups. Uh, if you offer too much for the property than the ARV allows, you're going to lose money. Um, if, say, it happened this year in Canada, uh, from last February, we're down 20 to 30% on ARVs, depending where you are in the country. Wow. So if you had a 10 to 15% spread, and now you're down 30, that's obviously not good for your checkbook. And <laughs> you're in the hole. Yeah, that's yeah, the, you're in the hole. And then yeah. all of this is not your money. So it's not like you, there's no equity in the house for you to personally lose. You're going to have to come up with cash to now pay back your hard money lender. So that would be the, yeah. the worst case nuclear scenario. And that's actually happening to a, a bunch of people right now. That's the challenge with flips, isn't it? It's a very, very, it, when times are good, when it's go, 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 it's great. When it goes flat, it goes negative. It sucks in a major, major scale. Major. As as does rent to own, actually. It, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, any 100%. of these 
any of these speculative type uh, strategies. I've I've got experience in the rent own market when it went flat, negative, not no fun whatsoever. But at no, least at least those deals you can extend them. You got cash flow options there. It's you're usually not going negative. It's just taking longer than you thought. But with a flip. Yeah, the whole goal is to get get in, get out as quickly as possible. So it's, like the, it's the day trading of real estate. It's the riskiest strategy you can do. It is all right. So with that in mind, what are your what are your plans? You're going to keep doing that, or are you going to be moving into different things moving ahead now that uh, now that the market's kind of at least temporarily softened. Uh, probably for the I would say the next year, I'm probably going to look into buy and holds just until the market recovers. Yeah. I mean, this strategy with flipping is extremely good if the market's raising because then your yeah. your margin is just increasing. So every you know every percent raise that the market goes up is just extra profit in your pocket, and you're realistically in no danger because you already planned the numbers properly. But conservative, for, conservatively, yeah, not counting on things, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But since yeah. the market's so tumultuous, and it probably will be for, I mean, that's that's my crystal wall estimation. Don't hold me to it, but for the next year at least. I'm probably going to take all of that money, put it into buy and hold, just kind of, you know, pay down mortgage, that sort of thing. And just uh, just kind of ride it out until our, our economy recovers and then probably switch back into the strategy. Yeah. OK, very cool. Well, that's one of the big advantages of having the realtor business mm -hmm. at the same time. Right. So you you can keep busy doing other stuff and you, you're keeping the lights on. You're generating income from real estate yep. indirectly and in commission form. But. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. All right. So it's been a long time since I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But my recollection is that he wasn't a huge fan of flipping, actually. He was more of a buy and hold kind of philosophy. So um, you're, you're looking at temporarily getting into buy and hold. Why not longer term? Why do you prefer flips over buy and hold? I just really love the business of flipping. So, I mean, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he absolutely does buy and hold over long periods of time. That's what he teaches. Um, that's probably the best way to have real estate. I mean, all, we all know it's time in the market, not timing the market. Uh -huh. um, but now that's... Especially these days, right? Especially <laughs> learning especially a few things these right days. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I, I really just like flipping. So, I mean, I'm probably going to have my buy and holds on the side. Uh, since the flipping business realistically doesn't take any of my own capital. Yeah. So I can just funnel my own capital into creating that long-term wealth, uh, you know, that passive income, that yeah. legacy, and then also have my, uh, we'll call it fun, risky projects on the side. That's, yeah, your act, your active income, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. that's what, I guess, well, what I've, it's interesting, Eric, because I've talked to a few folks that kind of in a quasi-similar situation mm -hmm. to yourself. And and what a number of them have done is, because they, they love the flip, they love the, finding the ugly diamond in the rough and yeah. getting a smoking deal on it and fixing it up and, and all that kind of good stuff. A lot of them are getting into doing the burr strategy because it's almost the best of both worlds, right? You, yeah. you, you find those same kind of properties, spiffy them all up and, and all that kind of stuff, and then hold on to them, refinance, get your cash out, but hold on long-term. Have you put any thought into that or, or what, are you, what, what are your thoughts around that idea? I did. So that's actually my favorite strategy. And the okay. reason I didn't do that to begin with is I just didn't have the capital to make it work. Um, the numbers, uh, it might be different in, in kind of BC where you guys are, uh, but the numbers in Hamilton, if I were to do that hard money for say a um, turning a century home into a fourplex and just spurring it out, they would not work. 
So I wouldn't be able to pay back my hard money loans. And then the cash flow for them would also not be able to pay out that uh, debt. So Right, because the because these kind of deals, you'd really, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it would work best if all you had to come up with was down payment and rental money, yeah. not the entire purchase price. Is, is that what exactly. I'm understanding? You got it. You got yeah. it. So, if we had the, if I had cash for the down payment and the reno, then I probably would have done the burst strategy like so many other investors do. Yeah. Um, I just, when I was starting out, I didn't have that. So I just went directly into flips. I just thought, how can I scale without a vast amount of capital? Mm -hmm. And this was the quickest way to do that uh, up until this year. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. And with your experience as a realtor and, and being connected with so many other active real estate investors in your area, are people still making it work nicely with the, the Burr method in today's climate? Yep, they are with the Burr method. I mean, it's becoming yeah. higher with the interest rates just because yeah. the cash flow. Um, I mean, you need a debt service ratio 1.2 when you when you refinance that out. So when interest rates are, you know, 6% now, it just makes it a little bit harder. Yeah. So our purchase prices have to just be a little bit lower, but it still works. You just have to now front end the uh, the purchase price and just plan for more of a risk on the back end. Yeah, less chance for pulling out all of your cash upon refi, yeah. right? So you might be able to get out a chunk of it. So if you did have access to the capital, is that what you would be focusing on or would you still just want to be doing the flips? Uh, if I had access to the capital, that is probably what I'd be doing right now for until the market either flattens or recovers. Um, no. until the government stops raising the interest rates, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and it has an invoice relation on, uh, property prices and property sale points. I can't really predict that as a flipper. And if I can't predict that, that means the risk is insane. That's almost yeah. gambling at that point. So if I can just transfer for a year or two into a burst strategy, keep the property, have the tenants pay down the mortgage, uh, you know, maybe have some cash flow and just keep those properties forever until I can create a legacy. Then that's what I what I would personally do uh, anytime we have any sort of recession or a dip in the market. Yeah. Well, I think you're really, I think you're in a really good position to do that sooner rather than later. Yep. To be perfectly frank with you, Eric, because uh, you've been in the you've been in the game for a number of years now. Uh, you've been in it like two, four, seven as a realtor and as an active investor for four years now, you've done a, a number of how many, how many flips have you done over the years altogether? What's your best guess? Uh, probably 12 to 13 total, I think. Okay. So 12 to 13 flips. So you got all sorts of before, during and after pictures to show people yeah. that you know how to take something ugly and make it pretty. Yep. Um, you got experience working with the hard money guys. So now it, it would be a matter of how do you bring on joint venture partners who love the idea of partnering with a sharp guy like yourself, who's got a track record and experience with doing major renos, right? Because mm -hmm. that's scary for so many of us, right? But if, if they know that they can partner up with somebody who knows what they're doing, has a great track record there then there are lots of people who would put up the capital for that in order to have you do take care, take the reins and get everything organized, find the deal, find the crews, manage everything, manage everything after it's all done for sure. And share, you know, they'd happily, happily share the profits on that with you on those kind of deals. It's, it's just a matter of 
getting the word out. So yeah, I think you've got the track record for it. You got the experience for it. You're in a good profession for this because you're a realtor. You're talking with people all the yeah, time. Every day. Yeah. I imagine you're talking with quite a few burnt out landlords. Uh, I'm guessing in Ontario yeah. these days. <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely happens. Yeah. Who, who like the idea of real estate, but are absolutely up to here with the idea of dealing with tenants anymore and the, the landlord tenant board in, oh, in yeah. Ontario. So I think if it's all a matter of just packaging things up mm -hmm. and being able to present that in the right way, you literally should be able to raise capital quite, quite easily within your, you know, just starting within your own existing network, personal and professional and the whole bit within that group. My best guess is my friend that there's somewhere between two to $4 million worth of capital available to you. We just got to kind of shake the tree and, and figure out who's got that. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I'm looking into transitioning into now, just putting that, putting that package together um, to present that to investors and uh, kind of moving into that strategy instead of, instead of the flipping. Yeah. So that would well, that be, makes... that's, that's my next step that I'm probably working over on the next month or two. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I think you're, you're well set up for that. Uh, and then as far as like the birds go, it sounds like you're interested in taking old, beautiful old homes or ugly old homes, but converting a big old thing into a, a small multifamily type property. Is that correct? Is that what you got? Yeah, I really, I really like doing that, uh, especially with clients. Like I just have a client that bought one in a, a small town and we're creating a, I think it's like 6,200 square foot gigantic old wartime home. And we're making that into 10 and 11 units. Holy so, smokes. One home's a, getting turned into 10 or 11 units. It's a, it's a mansion, my friend. Wow. That is so, awesome. Was, but are uh, are they going to be bachelors or one bedrooms or mixture? What, what, what are you doing? They're all going to be one beds. Yeah. 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 That yeah one bed just seems, just seems to have the most uh, return on investment per, per unit count. So um, that's, that's really what we're, we're trying to do for that project. So I'm, I'm really excited for that one. And then I'll have those before and after photos too, for, uh, you know, to show everyone. Exactly. And then, you, you know, maybe it's not your deal. It's a client's deal, but you're involved in it. And especially what you might consider doing, I don't know how you could figure this out, but sometimes for those kind of deals, if, if you were able to get your commission in equity instead of, uh, of cash, I don't know how the hell that would work, but that would be that would be very, very cool because then you could point to that property and and say this is a, a property that I'm a part owner in, and here's how yeah. the whole thing has worked. Yeah, it but, is it is definitely doable. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exciting stuff, Eric. Awesome, my friend. Well, time flies when when we're having fun here. If people would like to connect with Eric Doyle, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh best way is probably Instagram doyle.invest. I'm on there, I would say daily. So that's the quickest and easiest way to get in touch with me. All right. Well, hey, keep up the good work. I'm I I think you're on the right track to pivoting your skill set towards the burr and not just doing the flips, holding on to some of those suckers long term. I think uh I, I think you could get the best of both worlds there, Eric. 100 percent Thank you very much. All right, everybody, take care and we'll see you on the next episode.